0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 102 of Teaching Tales, the podcast totally devoted to sharing stories from the world of education. I am your host, once again, Brent Coley from beautiful Southern California. Joining me today, another repeat guest, Todd
1: Nesloni. Todd, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm so excited to be back here again chatting with you, so...
0: Yeah, we were we were ch- chatting before I hit record, and it was like episode. I I, st- I started looking up and got sidetracked. It's like thirty something, <laughs> and now we're at one hundred and two. So I, as you said, it's been a minute. But um, yeah, li-
1: life is life has had a lot of changes since the last
0: time we talked. <laughs> it, it has, and I know I know for you so. For anyone who, again, you can go back and you can find which episode, again, it's mm-hmm. it's it's toward the beginning of the podcast. Uh, great conversation. I remember we talked about the power of sharing our stories, mm-hmm. and you shared yeah. a couple great ones. One of them really resonated about a particular student. So mm-hmm. truly, if you haven't listened to that episode with Todd, for anyone listening right now, when you're done with this one, go back and listen to to the one where where he previously chatted with me. But for anyone who is not familiar with you, Todd, give us a a brief introduction. Who are you? Who's Todd Nesloni?
1: Yeah, so I have been an elementary teacher, a principal. I now work as the Director of Culture and Strategic Leadership at the Texas Elementary Principals Association. Um, I've written a few books. My wife and I just had twin boys Eight months ago, tomorrow. Um, so yeah, his life is crazy wild. I speak and present. I uh, co-founded a conference series called Get Your Lead On that operates underneath the conference Get Your Teach On. So got my hands in far too many places, but I'm having a blast. Awesome. Well, um, first of all,
0: congratulations on the twins. That's, Thank you. In, uh, eight eight months tomorrow. That's fantastic. Um, and what we're going to chat about it's. I'm loving, I love how you just kind of introduced all of the things that you have done because you are somebody that I have, um, we've never met in person, (laughs) but we've chatted like this online before and I have followed you uh, on, on the Twitters and learned from you for several years. You just talked about, you've been a teacher, you've been a principal, you're, I mean, you're leading culture, you are a multiple time published author, you've started your own conference. Yet, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today is imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. You have, I've posted about this before. I've seen you post about this before. Mm -hmm. um, Talking about imposter syndrome. And the last time, I don't know, it was a couple of weeks ago, you posted and I reached out to you versus uh, via Twitter and said, will you talk with me about this? I'd (laughs) I'd I'd love to chat. And you were like, I'd love to. So imposter syndrome. First of all, when I say that, what do you when you hear imposter
1: syndrome, what does that mean to you, Todd? You know, it it, it was funny that you reached out to want to have this conversation cuz I love talking about this stuff that people find uncomfortable or that we don't talk about enough. Um, and you know, for me, imposter syndrome feels like when it's such a weird thing to define, but it's for me seeing the things I've accomplished on paper and hearing people say respectful things about me, or things that that make me feel good in the moment, at the same time make me go, "Oh my gosh!" Like I'm not any better than anybody else. Like please don't put me on a pedestal. Uh, I I was in the right place at the right time. Um, so it's that imposter syndrome. Also, the same caveat dealing with that whole struggle with, "Am I as good?" as some people want to believe I am and not feeling worthy of the spotlight or anything else like Mm -hmm.
0: that. Yeah. I I think because I have felt what you have felt where like other people, you said sane, Mm -hmm. complimentary things about you, you're doing a good job, but kind of that struggle with yeah, but do they know what they're talking about? Exactly. I,
1: <laughs> it's like, if only they knew that not everything gets posted online. I, and, I, I, I'm, I, I struggle just like the rest of people. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's a big thing. One of the things that I had j- jotted
0: down, like, first of all, for anyone listening right now, I'm guessing that if you're listening to this podcast right now, this is something that you have mm-hmm. struggled with. And yeah. when I say struggled with, I mean it's something that at some point it has reared its ugly head mm-hmm. for me. It it has more than once. It's not, it's not a one-time thing. It's something that I kind of have continually struggled with. And you yeah. made a, you just mentioned something like posting stuff online. <laughs> what do you think social media has done to the concept, the idea of imposter syndrome?
1: You know, I think, When we all started getting active on social media um, a decade or two ago, I think at first it seemed like a place just to be celebratory, that if you were to share struggles, if you were to share frustrations, it was viewed negatively as a, that doesn't need to be online, this needs to be a positive place, it should be filled with positivity And I admit that when I first got on social media, I had that same mindset. Like, I've got to share the greatness because there's enough of the negative in the world as is. But as I started sharing more and more on social media, it was very quickly it became very important to me very quickly to share a complete picture of a person. Um, I try to be an open book in anything that I do, whether it's speaking one-on-one conversations, what I write, anything. And I realized very quickly that I could choose to get on social media and only show the bright, shiny stuff, but that's not who I connect with on a deeper level. I like following the messy, broken, damaged people because it reminds me that even those who have found what we classify as success still have their struggles they still have their sorrow their pain Um, and i think we can forget that sometimes we can think that oh well everything always works for you everything you touch turns to gold um and we we get in our own mindset with that too but everybody's human. Everybody has these struggles, but it's hard to believe that if they're not willing to be open and vulnerable as well. And so that's being that vulnerable self on social media. is not easy um, because you also open yourself up to judgment from strangers. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's a necessity if you truly are on social media to connect with others the way we connect is going back to our episode that we recorded before is yeah. our stories yeah. and, and those, all of who we are, not just the pretty parts. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause let's be real.
0: It's, it's kind of like Hollywood actors and actresses and things like that. It's like, you see the pictures of the pop, when the paparazzi catch them in Starbucks and like, they don't necessarily look the same and they're not <laughs> all made up and, and that type yeah. of thing. And, and it's like, well, that's not, they don't want you to see that kind of, that side of them but life is messy you i think you use that word messy and teaching is messy and leading is messy and parenting is messy everything is messy and i think that for me that's what i have to remember is because yeah i will you're scrolling through twitter you're scrolling through instagram and and everything's perfect at least it appears
1: or curated just right to there their, to their theme or whatever they're going with. (laughs) And
0: I, and I love, I love the fact that you said you like to connect. You intentionally like to connect with people who aren't just sharing the positive. And I have found like sometimes the posts that are the boy screwed up on this one Mm -hmm. or where things didn't go beautifully. Those are the ones that oftentimes resonate more with people than the perfect idea or the perfect lesson or what because how often does it how often does it go perfectly (laughs) i mean you know and,
1: and one thing that i will say as a caveat to that as well is i do firmly believe though that there's a fine line between vulnerability and sharing your struggles and complaining Oh, like, yeah. I don't ever want to use my social media platform to complain and just whine. And it's like, I have my friends to do that with. Yep. I'll go complain and whine to them so they can tell me to shut up and get over myself. But I, I, I it, it, it always bothers me when I see that happen on social media because I'm like, we have enough in our world. Like social media is not the place to go and throw a fit about something because all you're doing is open up a can of worms. Um, and, and again, that's my personal opinion. I, you'll never see me sit and complain about something that I don't try to come up with a solution for as well. Cause I'm all about complain all you want, but you better bring solutions to the table as well.
0: I, I, I agree. Yeah. Are we complaining just for the sake of complaining mm-hmm. or are we, or are yeah. we, Bringing up something that, gosh, this stinks. I wish we could do something about that. Any yeah. suggestions or something like that? Because now it's a productive. It's kind of like an yeah, exactly. It, hey, if we've got concerns, let's bring the concerns and some potential solutions yeah. uh, for that problem too. Um, yeah, it, it's I, I I share the same <laughs> I share the same thoughts as you, Todd, in terms of I'm not really interested in somebody who's completely negative because. yeah Geez. There's enough of that out there, and it's like I'm not interested. You know how sometimes when you see your, the tweets, and it's just like, yeah, I'm not interested. And you click, you click the little three dots and say, I'm not interested in this tweet. Yep. Why? Yep. Because it's irrelevant. It's not relevant to why I am on social media. I'm there to grow. I'm able there to learn. Mm-hmm. I'm able to share, not necessarily to be, um, brought down.
1: Well, you know, and that was one of the best things I did when I took control of my social media. Um, what what I was consuming. Because mm-hmm. I think exactly like what you said, I think that plays into our imposter syndromes as well. Um, but it also plays into our own mental health when we choose to consume the negative or things that trigger us or whatever. And so being able to use that mute button or that block button or that don't show me any more of this, like really taking control and going what do I care what other people think about me muting this person or me blocking this person? Like it's my social media. If I don't want it in my consumption area, then I need to stop consuming it because I have to take care of me too.
0: Could not, could not agree more on that. So um, what about, because you've also written, you mentioned multiple books. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I have read multiple books uh, mm-hmm. you, you co-authored with Adam. welcome kids deserve it. Mm-hmm. I love that book, your stories from web where you shared stories when mm-hmm. you were principal stories from your staff, again, true stories. And what I loved about that was not all of the stories in there were the glowing. Yep. Hey, everything is, everything is rainbows and unicorn in, in teaching land. Cause that's not the reality. Did you struggle with this as an author as well? Is that a trick question? Because I I I pretty much know the answer to it, but like,
1: well, you know, it's funny because I don't think I have ever done anything professionally that I didn't feel like a fraud at some point for doing, um, whether that was a podcast interview or writing a blog post, much less a book. Um, putting something on Instagram um, and feeling like a fraud before I even hit post. I I truly cannot think of an example where I didn't feel like an imposter, Um, which is why one of the things that I often talk about is your circle of influence Mm -hmm. and who you choose to surround yourself with, because I can easily get lost in this cycle of, I don't need to be sharing this. I'm not the right person. I don't bring enough. There's always somebody better. And I think you can easily get caught in that if you don't have people around you who keep you humble, who speak truth, but also remind you of who you are.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, that was definitely a trick question. Definitely one of those things. Like (laughs) like when you ask, like, you know the kids are going to know the answers when you ask that question. Because yeah, I and I'm, once again, I think you and I are very similar in that where, I mean, I even wrote a, in my book, I wrote a, a chapter kind of about that in terms of, does anybody want to read what I am writing? I mean, well, you know,
1: it's funny, the the way I make it through that kind of stuff is I convince myself that nobody's going to read this anyway. So yeah, put it yeah. out there. And yeah. so when people will, will come up to me at things and they'll be like, oh my gosh, when you wrote this or when you shared this idea, my brain is always like, wait, you actually read Somebody something read that? that I did? Or like. A- what people are actually reading this. And so that's, that's still such a weird thing to me, even to this day when people be like, oh my gosh, I read kids deserve it. I was like, wait, I mean, I've seen that it sold some copies, but people are actually reading it. Yeah. And so it's so, it's so like, that doesn't make any sense, but that's how my brain works.
0: No. And I, and I, and I wrote in my book, I wrote about the power of sharing and how much power we can have when we share. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, that I've shared is like right now, and it's, you know, how you preach what you need to hear and that's kind of me writing my book it was like yeah. i need i was writing for myself as well yep. that somebody in the world with seven plus billion people in the world and i and i firmly believe like right now someone is in the world someone in the world is searching mm-hmm. for what you have for right. what i have for what the third grade teacher who's listening to this has right now and to deny the world or that person Mm-hmm. What we have because we don't think we're worthy mm-hmm. is is it's 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 irresponsible of us yeah. really and but again, it's easy to say, but it's hard sometimes to do because for example i I have a really hard time promoting slash marketing mm-hmm. my book because I've always struggled with the well who am i who yeah. it's okay, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to come off like. Well, this is, I mean, like I'm the expert because I'm far from it. It's like, I'm just a guy who loves teaching, loves kids, loves his job and wants to share what he's learned along the way type thing. But I still struggle with those little voices in the back of my head that, well, you
1: know, I think, I think you're, you're hitting such a powerful thing though, in that, you know, when I think about my own influence and the opportunities that I've been given. I always come back to something that my buddy, Jimmy Casas told me, um, right before I became a principal, I was starting to get some traction on social media. I was being recognized by some organizations. And he said, remember, he said, Todd, no matter how big you get, make sure you always amplify the voices of others louder than you amplify your own. Yep. And I think that is what has helped keep my imposter syndrome at bay from taking over is when I get opportunities or when I'm afforded a platform, I always try to bring someone else with me to show that those of us who have been given a microphone, who have been given a space, who have been put in the right place at the right time to bring others who may not have had that opportunity to be in the light. It's why I love podcasts. I I love, like, even your series, like, that's exactly what you do. You take and amplify the voices of others. And it was exactly why I started my Celebrate Your Story conference that just finished today, actually, ran the whole month of February. 90% of the presenters had never presented before. And I got to use my... story, my journey to train them, to coach them, to tell them, I know you feel like you don't have a voice. I know you feel like you're not meant for this, but I'm going to help you get over that because I'm still getting over that every day. And so I feel like that's where we get to use our own insecurities as strengths to bring others up too. Yeah. I,
0: I absolutely love that. Like you said, you're amplifying others, letting them share their story. Um, gosh, so, so, so important. So as I'm, again, I always think, I say this so many times when we record episodes, it's like, it doesn't matter if nobody's listening to this because I'm getting something, Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. getting something out of it. So it doesn't matter if, if nobody else listens to this, but I always try to like get that nugget for anyone listening. So it's like, what, what are your recommendations? I mean, we've, you've already given some, for example, take yeah. control of your social media. In terms of if if somebody's being negative, it's okay to hit the mute button. It's okay to say, I don't want this in my timeline. Do you have any other suggestions on how to combat? Because it's just a lie. Yeah, it is. Imposter syndrome is a lie. And I've I've so often said, like, you cannot believe the lie that you don't have anything to share because it's simply not Mm -hmm. true. Everybody has something to share. You don't have to share it in a way that, Hey, this is the best way to do it. This is the only way to do it. This, I mean, put it out there. Yeah. And if they like it, they'll take it. If they don't, they won't. Yeah. So do you have any other suggestions, like how you, like you said, bringing others along? Yeah. Amplifying. Any other suggestions on how, how somebody who is struggling with this could, could fight
1: it? You know, I think th- there's some there's some immediate things that come to my head that I do that have really helped me continue fighting the imposter syndrome. I don't know if I believe that it can ever truly be eliminated, mm-hmm. um, maybe for some people. But I, I think in my life, I, I will never be able to get rid of that struggle. I just find ways to work through it. Um, One of them is like you said, and it's not just blocking or muting the negative people. It's blocking or muting people that trigger that emotion to come out of me. Um, And so just removing that from from my mind space because I also believe in making sure I keep people in my circles who challenge me, who think different than me. So I'm not telling everybody to go out there and block everything that hurts your feelings. That's not what I'm saying. Amen. That's not how we grow. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. I'm saying the the more diverse your circle is, the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think as well for me, um, it's no matter how unimportant or unvaluable, I feel, I continue to put stuff out there in hopes that it just helps one. Mm -hmm. Um, And knowing with my own experience as an elementary educator, that we often don't see the fruits of our labor, I kind of keep that mindset of that one may never reach out. And that's not why I'm doing it to have them reach out. I'm doing it because I truly believe that we all have something to offer the world. And we all have to share our brilliance because the best people we learn from are genuine, authentic, real people who are willing to put it out there. Um, And then the third thing I would say that I put off for far too long, but has made a world of difference is therapy. And just knowing that there came a point in my life where I didn't realize how powerful therapy could be. I had heard the stories about it. I thought you had to have something wrong to go to therapy until my buddy, Daniel Patterson did a great presentation on it that I got to sit through. And he said something in that presentation that just still resonates with me today. And that was, you know, we aren't supposed to wait to go to the dentist until there's a problem with our teeth. We should be going twice a year just to help make sure everything's are correct and things are maintaining. Um, Once you reach a certain age, you're supposed to go to a doctor uh, every other year or something like he said, you're supposed to do that for maintenance. You don't wait for the problem to be there. And then go see a doctor. At least that's the way it's supposed to work. And he said, so with therapy, it's the same way. You shouldn't be waiting until you feel like you have a problem that you go and attend therapy. He said, therapy is just great just to have a third party who doesn't know you to provide input for you to get stuff out and to be that other voice for you. And when I finally got over this idea that I had to have something wrong with me to go or that people would think I had something wrong with me if I said I was going to therapy, um, I've been going now for goodness close to eight months probably and it has been the best decision i've ever made um i know that therapy is difficult for many because it often is not covered by insurance the scheduling is really difficult all that kind of stuff but i um, i make sure it is in our family budget every single month um and i go weekly um, unless something crazy's happened and I can't get there that week, but I've gone weekly and it's just great just to talk. Yeah. And when I start to feel these emotions bubble up or these thoughts, just to have somebody to bounce off of who is a professional in helping you work through stuff to put me back on track to go, okay. When these thoughts come, here's what you're going to do. Here's some, here's some strategies, here's some tips. Um, And so I think for me, those three things are the biggest, knowing when to clear out things from your vision that you're seeing every day that's triggering you Mm -hmm. knowing when to just get on there and just share, just be real authentic and you, and just know that it's going to reach somebody. And you may not see it right away. And then the third one is not being afraid to go and talk to somebody, a professional, um, and, and seek out that therapy. I think that is huge in helping me continue to battle the imposter syndrome. Wow, Todd! Gosh, I'm 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 so appreciative. I'm
0: I'm I'm so appreciative of you sharing that story and being transparent. Yeah. Because I mean, there's so much. There can still be a stigma for some. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I, I I could not agree more with you. That's like there's not a stigma about going to the doctor. Yeah. Like if if there's something physically ailing you, yeah. or Going and just doing a annual checkup, even when they're you're not necessarily sick. The same applies, especially gosh, given the last two years and the pandemic and the right. increased right. focus on social emotional learning. Well, that doesn't just apply to the kids. That mm-hmm. applies to the adults who are leading the kids or the adults
1: who are leading other adults if you're a principal or or something like that so and, and you have to make time for it. I think that's important to say, too. Yeah. Uh, and, and what I would say to that is I am very busy. I get it when people tell me they're busy. I mean, I've got several full-time jobs. I'm helping my wife raise twin boys. Like, I get the busy yeah. side. And the therapist that I see is an hour away from me. So I have to drive an hour, spend an hour in therapy, and then drive an hour home and then pay with it not covered by insurance. And so I'm, I have to give up a lot. And I know that. I am afforded that opportunity to have that kind of three hours and that money to do that. Um, but I would say, you know, there's so much telehealth uh, with the pandemic once that hit, and there's so many options to make it happen. But if it's important for you, you'll find a way to make it happen. Otherwise, you'll just make an excuse. Yeah.
0: No, it's it's so so good. And I just... Again, to to wrap it up for for anyone listening right now, if if you've struggled with this, and I love Todd how you said earlier, I don't know if we'll, if I'll ever if you'll ever completely eliminate this. I mean, it may be something that we struggle with all the time. Like for me, I, it's something that I've struggled with for years that that little voice in the back of your mind that's kind of like. You know, at some point they're going to realize that I don't know what I'm doing. Type, <laughs> type thing, which is not the truth, but it's like that little lie in the back of your yeah. head. So, yep. for anyone listening, I just want to reiterate, it is a lie. Yeah, straight. It is a lie from the pit. It is. Yep. I mean, it is not the truth. You have value. What you have to share has value, and as Todd said, if even one kid or one adult or one teacher or one parent or one whoever it is benefits from what you have to say yeah. or what you have to to share then it is absolutely worth it because again that power of multiplication because that one person yeah may be the person who goes and cures cancer i mean yeah. i mean i'm i'm but, but but you get my point it's yeah. like it it yeah. doesn't matter one person well, it's just one person who may tell one other person, who may tell two other people, and then exponentially, yep. you, you, that's, you change the world one person at a time. So do not believe the lies, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for, because, it, because that's what they are. They're lies. Yep, that's exactly right. You are not an imposter. And if that means you're thinking about writing a book, and for, for that person out there who's listening right now, and you've been toying with the idea. You know, I, I really got something I want to share, but I'm not an author. I <laughs> write your book, right? Start writing because somebody out there needs to read what, you, what you've got in your head right now. And if that's maybe it's a blog post, start writing. Maybe it's a podcast like Todd and I do. Yep. Start, I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Or as I've said, start in the teacher's lounge. Yep. <laughs> go to the teacher's lounge it does, you don't have to, you don't have to put it on a billboard you can share it with your colleague across yep. the hall so well todd gosh good stuff man this this is i, I knew it wouldn't disappoint and it, <laughs> and it didn't so all right so you gave us a little bit so for anyone who wants to be encouraged by you wants to 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 follow you to to read something that you've written give us a little how can they how can they be in touch if they're not already connected
1: with you yeah. So the easiest way is just my website, Um, You can sign up for my email list. I try to send out a weekly inspirational email with some tips and takeaways. All my social media is on there, books, resources, my speaking stuff, all that is there. So that's the one-stop shop.
0: <laughs> wow. And I just personally thank you because the next time, the next time that you are having those doubts per, for you, like, uh, just remember Brent Coley, a few states, a few states down the road is, is being encouraged by what you're doing. So
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it.
0: I appreciate it. And uh, for everyone listening, thank you for listening again. Don't believe the lies. If you haven't already uh, subscribed to the podcast, uh, go ahead and do so. You can find it in all of the podcatchers, or you can listen, listen directly on my website at brentcoley.com. And uh, until next time, have a good one.